Welcome back to another episode of Self-Made Nobodies. I hope I don't butcher your, na- your name, but I'm here with Dave Levitt Photography. Did I get it right? You nailed it. Perfect. Sweet. Uh, so um, I'm glad to have you on. I've followed your career a little bit, kind of like a creeper forever, because I am originally obviously from Ontario. So we've crossed paths. I'm sure we've bumped elbows, but I, I don't know your face to see you just like every like half the people I guess I've had on the show so far. Um, but if you want to introduce yourself and tell everybody what you do as a side job and why you're on the podcast. Sure. So uh, my name is Dave Levitt. I'm from Cambridge, Ontario, and I'm a photographer, but uh, my day job is a web designer. I went to school for computer programming, so that's kind of the, the bread and butter anyways, but I uh, still do a lot of uh, photography gigs on the side and things like that. Web design is your day job, so you obviously have been a computer person. You like that side of things, technology, photography. When did photography start for you? Photography started a long time ago, actually. My uncle was a photographer, and he needed an assistant. And when I was, I think, 12, uh, 12 or 13, he asked me if I wanted to just be his assistant. So at first, it was just a, an easy job, making some cash on the side as a kid. And then uh, about six months in, I ended up getting my first film camera, and since then, I've kind of been hooked. So I've been doing it since I've been about 12 years old. Dude, that's a really, really long time. And on film, too. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I learned the old-fashioned way with film and taking notes. And even in high school, we shot all film and photography. So uh, I'm traditional, I guess, in that sense. But You obviously shoot digital now because it's just more simple. Yep. Do you ever do any film photography anymore? I haven't in a little bit, but I just picked up a couple... Uh, film cameras at uh some antique stores and finally found a few worth buying so i've kind of humored the idea of picking up some film and, and giving it a whirl again i have a full dark room tucked away in the basement so i always thought it'd be fun to get that going again and start developing some film from scratch i was gonna say i've never really seen anybody do like there's a lot of photography when it comes to different subjects like one would say traditional photography but with you doing like automotive photography and stuff like that like wheel art like that'd be really really neat to see some prints it would always be cool i always love the way like it's sort of you you could see the paper sort of being exposed to everything but yeah you definitely it could be pretty interesting what kind of stuff you could do with uh, like a full dark room as opposed to sitting on a computer all the time right so was it always cars for you or was that like a side hobby? What made you, for people that don't know, and we'll give the social media plugs and all that stuff in the comments and at the end of the show here, but um, for people that don't know a lot of your stuff, as far as I could scroll back and as far as I remember, you do a lot of automotive photography. You did a lot, little bit of band stuff, I know, and a, you do a shop series, which we'll talk about both of those things. But what made you do cars instead of traditional like people photography or apples on a table? What, what, what made you do cars? So we'll kind of start at the beginning a little bit. I actually started shooting skateboarding and BMX. I actually shot for a skateboarding magazine back when in my early 20s. Just before I was going to college, I was shooting for the magazine. So when I went to college, I was like, there's no point in going to school for photography if I'm already shooting for like fairly large magazine sort of print publications. So BMX is one of my sort of first passion and then I transitioned into skateboarding got some skateboarding stuff going on and then music became a big part of my life and that was huge actually like I haven't posted it recently because it's one the pandemic and two it sort of faded away a little bit but it that music was definitely the the number one thing for probably 10 years sort of before the social media boom I guess you could say and then Blaine from Righteous Garage just randomly hit his brother and I are friends 
and we knew knew each other from the photographer world and his friend was actually sorry his brother was in australia seeing his friend and blaine needed a photo shoot for a feature for stance nation it was actually 10 years ago this summer and that was the next best thing that he knew of so that was my first sort of endeavor into car photography and then it kind of just stuck and i've been doing it ever since but i wouldn't say i'm a car photographer it's kind of one of the things I shoot and it's just been the prominent thing as of recent. Okay. So that's more what's been posted on social media. That's the world that I see you of. So that's kind of neat. I didn't know that you did. First of all, with the magazine stuff, that's really cool to hear. And the coolest thing about this podcast that I found so far in the short amount of time that I've been doing it is I come on here thinking that like, and, and not to be disrespectful to anybody, but you see them as like, kind of like a one trick pony, if that makes sense. Because you only sure, yeah. see like you only see like one part of their life unless you're in their life. But I don't plan on being in a lot of the people's lives that I have on the show because that kind of negates the point of having you guys on the show. If I know about you, I mean, with Lou, I knew his life. I worked with you for a long time. So knowing him, but the rest of everybody that was on the podcast, I, I basically know as well as you. I've heard your name. I've seen your photos. I followed you at, at a distance and that kind of thing. So to hear that you've done other things with BMX and skateboarding and stuff like that, that's really, really neat to hear. Um, can you talk about what magazine or is that kind of like a thing that you don't talk about anymore? Uh, no, I can still talk about it. I mean, it's, it's, it was called Versus Magazine. It was actually like a mu- live music and skateboarding sort of, I guess, like a Toronto lifestyle sort of magazine, but it did a lot of skateboarding stuff. And um, it's long gone, I'm pretty sure by now. But uh, I was shooting in the 2004, 2005, 2006, I was doing freelance for those guys. So like I'd go shoot with skaters, get a good couple photos, send them to them. And if they liked them, then they'd sort of post them in their, uh, what they call the dividends. It was just like the sort of the, the random sort of shots of skateboarding that didn't sort of fit in with one of their interviews or anything like that. Oh, that's so, really, really neat. Yeah. Is that another side of your life outside of photography now? Are you still doing BMX or skateboarding? Or Wait, that... I still ride bikes all the time. I actually, uh, I have a com- like a contest, a company that puts on biking contests here in Cambridge. We operate with the city a lot, throwing dirt jump competitions and things like that. It's called 403 Racing, but we can share any sort of social media tags and stuff with that stuff if anybody's into biking. But I still I definitely have the passion for bikes and I still ride bikes and hang out and do a lot of stuff with bikes. It's just sort of, it's dwindled. Uh, I hurt myself pretty bad riding BMX as well so i can't ride like i used to (laughs) oh that's too bad it seems like that's pretty harsh sport though like you don't kind of come out the other side of that one laughing usually for sure yeah like it i pretty much did everything but break my back uh probably about 15 years ago and uh the back's never been the same since then so yeah so i'm sure you're a bit more careful now yeah i take (laughs) it easy i I let, let the young kids hurt themselves now right (laughs) and you get to take photos of it yeah that's awesome so what is your favorite thing to shoot then do you have a favorite thing to shoot it sounds like bands and stuff is more your more your jam than cars bands would probably be my favorite thing to do and sort of the music world anyways and then cars would be sort of the i think it's just sort of me growing up and maturing it's sort of the, the next sort of creative outlet like i've had a few conversations with a few car guys how it's generally skateboarders and BMXers that sort of transition into the custom car world or the, the same sort of people that want to express themselves creatively. But yeah, so it's, it seems to be just kind of where the matured version of myself ended up was, was cars and just appreciating the hands-on uh, expressing your creativity. 
now you've you've built a few vehicles yourself have you not uh, i wouldn't say built i i definitely like i i work on all of my own cars and things like that and uh, i do have a 2004 wrx that i've done suspension and wheels and pretty much everything but sort of actual hands-on like modifying like the welding or creating crazy things it's just a fun car to drive and something i can sort of again just use my hands and, and be creative with it yeah i'd call it a build i've i've seen the car it's it's super super <laughs> nice i love the car i love the wheels on that car definitely stands out for sure yeah so, the car that i had a long time ago and uh, i just never it was one of my first real cars anyways and i could never get rid of it over the last few years i thought it was broken I thought it blew the motor, but it ended up being something completely easy. But that's a different story. And then once I got it running again, I just got it back up and going and kind of got it to the way I would have wanted it, say, 10 years ago. Yeah, I feel like I vaguely remember it coming out of storage or something. I remember it it sat for a really long time and you pulled it out and you were like, it's about time that I've worked on this thing. Yeah, yeah, Yeah. it ended up being an electrical problem that was really easy to solve. And so then... I just pulled it out and been working on a way at it. And it was kind of a side project. And then I finally got on the road about four, no, three years ago. So did you paint it or anything like that? Am I remembering that properly? Yeah, I made, well, I spray bombed it myself, but uh, a rattle can job, a rattle can paint job, but uh, it's nothing pretty by any means up close. It looks all right in photos if you take it in the right light, but it definitely needs a good paint job. Yeah, but it looked way rougher before you did that like i'm now that you're talking about it i'm remembering those photos from way back in the day i can't remember i've got a weird like not photographic but almost photographic memory when it comes to weird things like that and i'm just picturing the photos of it online yeah, and yeah you definitely it, it looked better after for sure in photos like you say yeah but hey 20 feet's 20 feet that's fine yeah exactly <laughs> <laughs> So who, who inspired you? Obviously you say it's, it started when you were 12, um, but who inspires you now? Like um, is is somebody keeping you going? Is there somebody that you follow that does photography and stuff that you're like, yep, that's who I look up to be. To be honest, at the point that I'm at right now, I wouldn't say there's too many people I look up to. And it's not to be sort of disrespectful or anything. I I started sort of feel them being more colleagues than sort of looking up to them. But uh, like a few photographers that really sort of helped me define or like somebody that I can always appreciate looking at their stuff. Um, there's a, a now, I guess he, he's no longer with us, but he's James Marshall is a, he's a seventies and eighties or actually probably 60s, 70s and eighties, like band photographer. That's really one of my sort of go to what I always aspired to be, sort of speak. Um, and then, from the BMX world, the ones that stand out anyways are Jared Suni and Mark Lucy. Those are kind of just the guys that, like, if you ask me who my top three photographers are, I mean, they may not be super active in the photography world that they were once part of, but they're, they're definitely stand out in the quality of the shots that they get. And um, they're kind of all like the film worlds too. Like, I could appreciate the photography a little bit more knowing that they did it all in the film world as opposed to the digital world the way it is now. Do you find it easier now? Because you can actually like retouch photos and like it's, you, you can do things where back then it was, you get what you get. Oh, for sure. Yeah. And like shooting film, growing up shooting film skateboarding was like another world with, because uh, you'd, you'd have like four or five flashes, light meter, 
you'd be figuring out what you need to do and then you'd be taking photos and I mean you wouldn't know until that week later or what however long you it takes to develop your photos if it, if it went well or not so to speak so it was kind of a whole different world back then yeah now you just look at it nope bad shot hit it again yeah you don't even need to bring light meter anymore really because you could just take your picture and be like mm, that's too bright or that's too dark and then go from there kind of thing yeah just edit it on the computer yeah some of the stuff that these guys do now you say web you said web design right not graphic design yeah i do web design okay do you do any graphic design stuff or no oh yeah for sure i've yeah. always kind of been a little bit of it everything but my current job is basically i'm in charge of like the whole aspect of a website so i guess my sales pitch to like a web client anyways is that i can design it i can build it and i can get it going like it's not just i don't have to pay a designer to design stuff but i've always sort of been uh more i'd say more on the design side and then i taught or like i got taught the programming side of things where the graphic design was sort of it came a little bit more naturally to me it, it seems like some of the guys that do this like photoshop stuff and graphic design you look at some of these photos and you're like oh i can tell that's photoshop but I almost can't tell that's Photoshop. Like it's getting so close now that it's almost terrifying yeah. what guys can get away with. That's probably my biggest pet peeve in the photography world too. Like how much you retouch? Sorry. Like if you're, I basically, I always sum it up as, are you a photographer or are you a graphic designer sort of thing? Like I'd rather see a photo that's been taken more or less the way that you want it to be interpreted at the time and then you you may do some color correction some some light effects or some little things but the whole sort of cropping out the background and sticking the car halfway across the world and doing all this crazy stuff to it it's never been my cup of tea really yeah that's fair it's to each to each their own for sure but sure. you you definitely see those photos and you're like yeah that's not real and i totally agree with you actually take some time and have passion in photography if, if that's what you're if that's what you're showing anyways if you're if you're showing that you're a photographer then take the time to take the right photo in the right light with the right transitions and all that kind of a thing do it properly and and then you don't have to do it on the computer later exactly yeah, that's that's yeah. I like that advice a lot. Very. A very lot good. of people kind of describe, I guess, my sort of style of photography. It's it's usually like if I ask somebody, what what's my style, or like, or because some people have like a really typical sort of, oh, like you're desaturated, you're black, you're almost black and white, or your your filters are always the same on every photo. Where when people kind of describe me, they're like, it's like it's real life, but it's just like perfect and crisp and like good colors. It's like a better version of real life, so to speak. It's not like my filter slapped on a photo and called it a day kind of thing. Yeah, it's not it's not almost outer spacey, so to speak. Like yeah. not not literally, but so to speak, yeah. It almost looks like you take the phone and stick it close enough to your eyes and you're standing right in front of that car. Yeah. Now, do you have any future plans or goals with your photography company? Or are you kind of comfortable with what you're doing on the side right now? Sounds like you've got a lot going on. It would be nice to to expand it a bit more and be doing it more. I would really love to sort of get into one of the, like the, the my day job is like the perfect day job really for what I want. But the only thing that would make it better is getting into say the BMX world or getting into the 
the automotive world and being part of that sort of world a lot more and, and making it my day job. But uh, that's sort of a slow process and I'm getting some clients that are sort of starting out and could grow, that could grow into something a little bigger. But I'd say that would be more so that my goals in, in life in general or like business in general. Every journey starts with one small step. Yep. Yeah, you got to start somewhere for sure. Now, do you do only static photography or do you do film stuff too? I do a little bit of video. Um, it's never been, I wouldn't say, I don't try to sell my photography skills as much as, or sorry, my videography skills as much as photography, but I definitely did do a lot of uh, live, or not live, but like music videos for bands. Okay. Uh, I've probably done a dozen of, of those. I do enjoy doing those. Um, the car world, I've tried it a little bit, but it, it just hasn't worked out the same. And, but I do real estate videos and things like that. Uh, but I definitely, I, like if somebody has come up to me in the past and been like, oh, can you make this video? It's like, well, I could try, but if you want someone that's just going to nail it right away, here's some videographers that I know of kind of sort of thing. Right. Now, what about roller shots? You do a lot of that stuff, though. Yeah, I do. I do those the old-fashioned way, too. I do rigs as opposed to, like, a roller, like having your buddy drive you down the street and you're hanging out with a, a harness on out of the back of their, their van kind of thing. I have a rig that actually attaches to the windshield, and then there's a – I just built a new one at the beginning of COVID. Uh, I have a – a what is it again it's the one's a 12 foot pole and then i have a 20 foot pole but it's like different sections or sorry it's 15 feet and then 20 feet so it's in five foot sections and then the pole hangs off of the windshield via like suction cups and then the camera's hovering above the ground and then the person drives down the road sort of at as slow as the car can go at a steady speed like a steady idle usually sort of thing and then uh, i do long exposures so it makes the car look like it's going super fast, but really I'd say top is like 10 kilometers an hour. So, and then you just have to Photoshop out the pole. If you get good at setting up the rig, the pole is only in the sky. So it's a very easy Photoshop out. So anything you've seen on my page, it's been the rig rolling shots as opposed to like the kind of the, the, new, the new wave of rolling shots of hanging out of your friend's car. Yeah, which is super psycho. Yeah. I mean, there's, if you're doing it right, anyways, you got a harness and you got some stuff going on that it makes it a lot safer. But I, my biggest pet, or not peppy, but like sort of the reason I use the rig over doing those sort of things primarily is uh, I can pick a, a spot that's 50 feet, 50 feet wide sort of thing and still get a decent shot. Like I can kind of put the car wherever I want it and get that background as long as the car can roll a little bit uh then you can get some shots where if you're doing the the harness hanging out of your friend's car you need to be going 50 on a road ideally and you got to be going up and down this road so you may not like if you get one good spot then you got to go stop turn around drive back five minutes and then do it again kind of thing uh where with the rig you can sort of just go back and forth in that same spot over and over again and nail the shot and then you're done. Yeah, so you can do it almost like in a really, really graffitied up alleys and stuff like that, like in really cool spots. 
Yeah, totally. Because I mean, you're going so slow that you don't have to worry about running into something or something like that. Or yeah, like cops coming because oh, somebody's ripping through this alleyway. Yeah, they're going so slow and like yeah, it's it's a lot more controlled environment, and I I've always liked it more than the alternatives. Yeah, I can't say that I haven't hung out the side of a vehicle before when I've taken <laughs> photos and stuff like that for sure. If you yeah, look at my, once. oh for sure, and if you look at my YouTube channel, like I've only got one video from Hinton when I've when we were at Car Club, but there's uh there's one where I've got some roller shots while I'm driving allegedly. We'll say allegedly. <laughs> I, I didn't really. It wasn't really that unsafe. I just kind of like hung my arm out the window, kind of like a friggin' gorilla, and just yeah. had my phone down. So it wasn't like it was super, super unsafe. It wasn't hanging out or anything, but definitely could have lost the iPhone to a rock or just like butterfingers, which probably would have sucked. I wouldn't have been too yeah. happy, that's for sure. <laughs> so how do you build a rig that's twenty feet that doesn't like shake and fall off a window? So the suction cups are usually good for about 50 kilograms each. So there's three suction cups on one section, like five foot section of pole that would be attached to the, to the car. I can then add up to three more sections of it. And then there's like a suspension bridge sort of aspect to it. There's a cable that goes from end to end. And then there's a pole in the middle that you can make it a little bit more rigid. It does sway. It's not necessarily like super rigid and perfect, but usually you can sort of nail in like, say I'll take a hundred pictures and, and 10 of them will be like sort of crisp and perfect in the, the perfect world. And you usually while I'm doing it, I tell the guys, if you hit a bump or if you find a bump and the pole starts going like obviously up and down enough that you can see it, then you might as well just stop and slow down because all the pictures are going to be blurry anyways. So, but it's, it's pretty rigid in the sense of like it's you can drive around with it i mean i wouldn't again want to go over 20 kilometers an hour with this style of rig but uh it's stable enough to get some pretty cool stuff oh yeah your photos are gnarly like and i to, to say that they're done with a rig instead of just hanging out the window makes it cooler and they do look like they're doing like 60 mile an hour down the highway like yeah. it definitely doesn't look like you're doing 10 kilometers an hour in a back alley and that sure. makes it cool because you can get some shots by like some trains or a cool bridge or that's way cooler than just trying to bomb down like for you guys, the 401 or I, f I forget the highways. I used to live in Cambridge too. I forget the highways there, but that's way safer than trying to bomb down some of those like highway eight. For that'd, sure. that'd be super cool. The cops would love you doing that by where yeah. sports world used to be. They just love that. <laughs> Yeah, I want to talk about your hot rod shop series a little bit. I butchered the name totally. What's the shop tours called? So the the name of it is uh, it's hand built, and it's a, a basically hand built shop series. So what I do is I I started off as a beginning of COVID thing where people weren't sort of as comfortable going out and, and things like that, and they're going going out and shooting cars together or doing any like you can be out in public when they're shut down. So nobody was really calling you up to go take pictures of your car out in the middle of the park kind of thing. So I started talking to a few of my friends. It started off as hanging out with my friends. So basically like hanging out with Blaine, hanging out with Jeff, and then taking pictures of their shops while they're doing it. And uh, it started off that way and it sort of just snowballed. And then I started, I made it open sort of to the public saying I was interested in doing more. And then I got some really cool shops that I had no idea existed. And they're, most of them are within 45 minutes of Cambridge. And uh, it's just been snowballing ever since. It's one of those things too. It's funny that 
it doesn't get as much traction on social media as like say that next cool big car that you take pictures of but i've had the most verbal communication about it people telling me that they love it people asking if they can be involved and things like that there's a lot of more communication about the series than any of my other sort of projects or or photo sets so it's been a really cool sort of series and it's just behind the scenes like i literally just go to a shop and wander around and take pictures of the stuff that's in the shop and it comes out so cool and clean and now i want to touch on one thing before we keep talking about it one of the things that you said is you found a bunch of shops near cambridge that like the 45 minute drive but you've never heard of them and not a lot of people have heard of these guys. And that's the entire whole point of making this podcast was the inspiration. Actually, what you've done, his shop is Jeff Wybrow. Um, he was a big inspiration for me because of just seeing Jeff's kind of come up and, and where he came from dealership guy. And then all of a sudden he's doing it out of the backyard of his house. And then all of a sudden he's got a shop and he's got now two hot rods in the shop. I'm behind a little bit on it, but I know he had two trucks there and it's yeah. like, like just to see some of my friends in, and you like what where you've come from like I followed your career I've seen your photos and to be honest with you you've always been I can't say that I ever saw you grow because your photos were always great but your shots are like they're up there with the best shots I've ever seen of cars so you're you're right to say that you're bumping shoulders and that's the entire point of this podcast is self-made nobodies <clears throat> isn't supposed to be disrespectful at all what it's supposed to be is you guys have such a small following, but deserve such a bigger following. And it's just, you haven't caught on or you haven't taken, it, it seems like in this world, in this climate that we're in, you almost have to take like an edgy thing or like the trendy thing. You can't just be good at anything anymore. You almost have to hop on the trend. I noticed that with a lot of YouTubers, they don't just stay in their lane. If there's something that's trending, you'll notice it's it's happening now. I've seen it spew over. I don't know if you watch Cletus or or Vice Grip Garage or any of these guys. Some of it has to do with the Danger Ranger stuff or whatever that's going on, but a lot of these channels have spew over of like weird trends. And mm-hmm. it's almost like I get it, but I hate it. Like yeah. just do do what you like to do and get the fans. That's what I'm doing right now. I started um, a little shop in my garage. I've spent way too much money and I'm building a C10 right now. I'm like about to cut the back half off it tonight once we finish this podcast. So like I'm doing that in my single car garage. The truck fits literally. I close the garage door and it's like hitting my workbench. That's mm-hmm. how much room I have to work on this thing. Yeah. But they're like, it's guys like you guys that inspire me because the big guys gas monkey garage i'm not familiar with big photography people so i can't really call out anybody there but there's big people out there that don't deserve the following and then there's little guys out there that it's just like why why do you have 2000 followers when you should have 2 million followers like what's going what's going on yeah but you're not following the trends you're following your passion and i feel like especially for you with this hot rod series like this shop tour series you should keep you should definitely keep doing it because it's super cool to see. And I feel like it'll gain some traction, but if you put a little bit more time into it for sure. Yeah, it's definitely, and it's like I said, it's growing too. And like, they're, they're definitely coming. They're getting better. The shops are getting cooler and there's a lot of people that I've talked to. And like you said, like it just, it takes that one shop that's got the, the hundred thousand followers that can sort of bump you up into that stratosphere, so to speak. But yeah, I've been a firm believer in, for a lot of my career, 
I would rather have a nine to five job and be able to shoot what I want to shoot and not have to worry about paying bills and sort of shooting weddings and shooting family photos and things like that, where you, you have to do it to make ends meet. I'd rather, I'd much rather have the nine to five job and be able to go shoot what I want when I want and sort of help out people who need to be helped out too. And it's not going to put me in the boarhouse because I'm trying to be a nice guy sort of thing. With independent bands, don't have money to pay for photos. So it was always sort of, I wanted to go to all these shows and I wanted to do all these uh, live shots, but none of them have the money. So you sort of learn to to work with these with the clients and try to make everybody's life better. That's really cool to hear. Now, do you want, you're obviously still actively looking for bands to reach out to you. You're looking for people, cars wise to reach out to you. What, uh, where can people find you? Let's talk about that a little bit. Where can we find you? Where can we see your stuff and where can we, uh, book, book photos, photo shoots? Uh, well you can, I have davelevittphotography.ca. So the website's there. It's a little out of date, but it's got a lot of the, the sort of generic portfolio stuff. Uh, Instagram's kind of the most recent things that I post, like the current sort of photography anyways, that's Dave Levitt Photography uh, on Instagram. Uh, there's Twitter as well, YouTube, you can kind of Google it and it'll come up. Like I've been doing it for a while, long enough that when you Google Dave Levitt Photography, all the important stuff comes up anyways. You can book with me at Dave at DaveLevittPhotography.ca or uh, message me on like any sort of platform. I'm pretty up to date on all the platforms. So any sort of way that you can find me, we can figure something out. I really hope that people do reach out to you. I don't know. Again, I, I kind of surprise myself even sometimes with the traction that this thing gets. Like I'll look at where we're at for views and I'm like, Hey, or for, for downloads or listens. And I'm like, Hey, hopefully we get to this number and I'll look again on the next day and, and I'll be triple that number that I thought I was. And it's like, how, who's listening to this? Like, where's the traction coming from? It doesn't make sense. The weirdest thing was, I, I don't know if you caught the last podcast with G-Man or not, but I never expected, I heard the story. I don't know if you caught the story on Facebook from Rob yeah. or any of that stuff, but like, yeah. I heard the story and I was like, okay, this guy has come across like three or four of my people's pages. I need to get this guy on the show and just like talk to him. And I figured it'd be like 15 minutes. Like I didn't think it would be an hour long or whatever it was, an hour and 11 minutes, I think it was. Like it was the longest one I ever recorded. And this guy just had stories for days and like the traction that it had was insane. I just really wanted to hear the story. Same with you. Like I love sure. hearing your guys' stories. I never expected for you to hear that you did skateboarding. I'm sure if I looked back far enough, which again, I never... I don't ever want it to come across as disrespectful, but I prefer to have a genuine reaction when somebody tells me something like that. So like, it's never like I scroll back and like do a whole bunch of research on somebody so that when they tell me something, I'm like, yep, knew that. I just don't oh, like, sure. I don't find it so genuine. Like I like to learn the same time as somebody else is learning. So to hear that you did that stuff back in the day with, with BMX and with skateboarding, that was really cool to hear. And then another thing we should definitely touch on is you said that you do something with, with um, like mountain biking. Yeah. Uh, I mentioned it earlier in it too. It's, it's called 403 racing and uh, it's a uh, dirt jumping competitions 
out of Cambridge, uh, Cambridge Cottager Jumping Park here at one of the parks. And uh, we mostly do it with the city of Cambridge now, but uh, we throw competitions again, pre-COVID anyways. It should be getting back up and going next year, but uh, we got a bunch of cool companies that sort of float us some prizes and, and be, have fun at the dirt jumps. That's really neat. See, and again, I would have never never ever thought that you did that stuff i don't again i don't follow your life so it's not like i would know it but to hear about people's lives and to hear that you're doing other side other side gigs and stuff that i would never know it's really cool to hear it's inspiring you've got a lot going on which is really neat to hear too um sorry um i have a a website well it's it's more of like a digital business card but uh it's dave at sorry dave www davelevitt.com and it sort of has the three sort of main projects that I have on the go like my photography and then I teach photography and then I do bike stuff oh okay I didn't know you taught photography can we talk about that a little bit yeah it's it's not too much it's again it's uh it's mostly kids it's geared at the youth but uh I've sort of been dabbling in some growing up things as well but uh it, again, pre-COVID, it was it's sort of picking up, and I was doing three or four courses um, a week, or sort of like basically split the year into half, and then I'd do three or three courses a week, and an eight-week span, uh, twice a year, so to speak. And um, yeah, it was it's it just kind of been fun. The a lot of it's just digital point-and-shoot cameras, and it's like eight-year-olds to thirteen-year-olds and uh just to kind of get them their feet wet in photography and sort of teach them the basics of photography again something i didn't know and that's really really cool to hear that's that like getting kids into things i got four littles and out in the garage all the time it's my daughter she's out there the most they're six uh or say seven six five and five and my seven-year-old he wants to play video games yeah. He doesn't care. My six-year-old daughter, he, she, or sorry, she wants to be out in the garage constantly. And then the twins are five. So they're just like, they're spazzes. They're old. We can do this. We can do that. But my, yeah, my daughter, she's out there all the time. And I really want to inspire her to get into it. There's not a lot of women like, so I'm an auto body tech by day. Um, yeah. Right now I'm going to school. And then the, the whole, the goal is for me is to get dual ticketed and then hopefully open a shop kind of a thing. But I'd really like to get, obviously all my kids involved but i'm really hoping that one of the daughters gets into this and actually does it more than just like you see a lot of like painters you see a lot of prepper girls and that's no offense to painters or preppers don't come at me in the comments or anything but like Mm -hmm. you see a lot of girls that are like that but you don't see a lot of like heavy metal fabrication girls or not any that i find and she seems to want to be out there and like using the plasma cutter and stuff she's super interested with all her ppe on like she wears my ppe which is like it's so much bigger for her but it works like she can't hear nothing and, and it works it's so funny to watch her cut stuff with my big gloves on and that but it's neat to have people inspire the youth because I feel like that's another thing that's getting lost is a lot of people just want to kind of do what they're doing and they don't want to inspire. Mm-hmm. And for the majority of people on here to hear this from you is really, really neat. Uh, Gibby, the glassblower uh, I had on, he teaches classes as well. And he likes to do it with younger people, obviously passing the torch, teaching people. Glassblowing is kind of a dying art when it comes to the stuff that they're making. Same with the hot rod world. Like it, it'd be cool to see guys m- take more people under their wing. I, f- I feel like we fluff a lot of kids off these days because it's like, oh, I don't want to 
teach you anything you don't know but you never know when you're going to miss the next jesse james you never know you're going to miss the next next dave levitt you know you know what i mean you you don't know when you're going to miss the guys that like are the the prodigy kids are the ones that just need that little boot that little push to try something new and i really hope i inspire people that's another thing with with the differences in in guests that i'm going to have on a lot of you guys i know nothing like with my cameras there's i've got a gopro i've got a sony i don't even know what it is which probably hurts your heart it's like a Mm -hmm. uh like a small body digital slr and then i used like an old cell phone an old galaxy v30 and and that's what i film with and the kids have like a little canon point and shoot for a kid cam but like I couldn't tell you what half the settings are. I just click record and one day I'll probably sit down and actually try and figure it out. But like I like to learn different things and I'm hoping that different people grab onto these podcasts and maybe people that aren't into photography go, hey, I should pick up and dust off that camera that I've got in the corner. Or, hey, I should pick up those wrenches and go fix that lawnmower that's in the garage. Like I hope we inspire one person a podcast. That's my goal is if we can touch one person to like take that leap or you know, try something different, get out of their comfort zone, spend thousands of dollars on tools, not knowing if they can finish a truck. I don't know who that is. It might be me. <laughs> uh, just take, take the leap, do something different. I really hope that we can inspire people to do that. I agree. So I won't keep you much longer. One of my last things that I like to ask people always, like I said, is any inspiring words, does anybody say anything to you that was inspiring or would you say anything to somebody that's inspiring to them? As a fun, lighthearted sort of uh, advice I got way back in the day shooting BMX and skateboarding. If anybody's going to start shooting skateboarding or BMX, basically there's a danger zone. If you're not going to get hurt, it's not going to be a good photo. I always thought that was a, a fun little piece of advice I got from a, an old diehard BMXer. He was, a, a, he was actually pro, pretty close to pro back in the day. I was shooting, I asked him if I could take pictures of him at the skate park. I took a picture and I was like standing halfway across the skate park. He's like, dude, the picture's not going to be good if you're not going to get hurt. And so he was like encouraging me to get like up into the, up into the ramps that he was riding and stuff like that. And uh, it made a big difference. It was a simple advice, but it made a big difference. As for photography in general, try to just do things the right way. Don't necessarily always jump on the, the sort of that trendy thing and uh and run with it if you sort of figure out your own way to do things and then run with it it, you're going to get a more solid group of following i mean there's a lot of photographers that make real good money that have less followers than than i do and or not like a lot less than i do just because they're too busy to working to to uh, have an instagram page sort of speak so uh if you if you build your following properly, you do things properly, it's going to lobby, it's going to have more longevity. You're not going to sort of blow up, have thousands of followers and then blow, burn out, so to speak, because you're a one trick pony and uh, you can't do anything else other than that one thing you got popular for. Yes. I hope people take that advice. Stay off the trends. I get it. Like, I get it. It totally, when you hit that one trend and you get that like quick, like my one chip challenge on my YouTube channel, every other, every other video, 234 views, 90 views, my one chip challenge, 53,000 views. Yeah. 
because I just, I did the one chip challenge and I puked at the beginning of it. I edited it in a way that when you literally like the first thing you click on when it goes boo, 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 boo through the intro and it's yeah. throwing up in a toilet and the watch time is like, I don't know. People are, people are fucked. Like it doesn't make sense <laughs> to me because seriously it has the most, most watch time. People watch that one almost all the way to the end. Cause I feel like they're waiting for me to throw up again, but I don't do it. Like I don't play it a second time. I just played it because it was, I went through the whole thing, chugged like a half a gallon of milk. And then we shut the cameras off. Everything's fine. Then I'm like, Oh, I feel like crap. And then all of a sudden it was my ex at the t- or my wife at the time, which is my ex now, but uh, she, she grabbed the camera and I'm standing over the toilet and I t- turn and look at her and she's freaking filming it. I'm like, well, I guess I got to put this in now. So yeah. like, I can't say that it didn't, trend and do awesome for me but it's not like it gained me anything and i mean at the time we were doing stupid trends in on our youtube channel now me would look back and say you i should have stuck with what i was passionate about because i bounced from filming about the kids and vlogging daily vlogs to filming my glass blowing studio that i had which it was a passion for me but i wasn't even super passionate about that and then now i'm back on cars and building cars again and filming cars and as much as i forget to click record 90 percent of the time like i wish i had a videographer because holy shit the amount of times i film nothing because my everything's off I'm so pissed, but the, I just, I'm, I find myself more passionate about this. So I know that it's going to come across more passionate on camera and I'm going to be more passionate when I'm editing it and more passionate about it when it gets five views versus the one chip challenge that I only did. Well, actually I did that one because of Jeff, my buddy that sent me the chips back home. Um, <laughs> so if it weren't for him, I wouldn't have done it, but um yeah other than that like yeah stay off the trends i really really like that advice for sure is there anything else dave you wanted to touch on like i mean that was an excellent episode i'm totally glad to have you on i feel like we touched on your whole life story (laughs) no i think we covered a lot of it i mean all the main things that i generally like to tell people when i'm sort of giving them the rundown we definitely touched base on so yeah. And I appreciate you having, having you on. I mean, I'm a nobody myself. Uh, like I get 50, 60, a hundred uh, downloads an episode, but I feel like one day this is going to pick up. I just got to keep my heart into it. I'm really, really passionate about it. I mean, right now I'm going to school at Nate. <laughs> I've got this truck on the go. I've got the podcast and I've got the YouTube channel. So like, I've got a crap ton of stuff going on, but it's a passion for me. Learning about you guys is a passion. And I know taking the time out of your day to be on the show is is time is money. So I really, really do appreciate having you on and learning about it. And I hope the fans enjoyed it. I know I definitely did. That's great. Thanks for having me on. It's cool to do these things. Spread the the world of photography to as many people as we can. Sweet Dave. Well everybody give Dave a follow. It's at Dave Levitt Photography or like he said, you can Google it. He's been doing it for long enough. So give him a follow, give him a like. And if you guys are looking for any photography, he does it all. So however you need to get in contact with him and get him to do some rollers for you guys. Cause if you've got a car that's deserving of some rollers, this is your guy that's going to do it. Awesome, Dave. Well, thank you very much for your time. I will keep in touch with you and we will talk to you later. Sounds good. Have a good night. You too. Thanks, Dave. All right, guys, thanks again for listening to another episode of Self-Made Nobodies. Make sure to give Dave a like, give him a follow, and make sure to book with him because he does do some incredible photography. 
Thanks again. Make sure to give us a like, give us a follow, check us out on all the social medias at self-made nobodies. Thanks guys. We love you. Stay safe.